Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, Big Dog and the Coach and the Two Guys in a Mic Show. And if you're checking in via our soon-to-be award-winning live webcast, you are seeing the beautiful face, the pretty face, as Muhammad Ali would say, of Joel Radwanski live in the studio today. Forget the telecommunicated phone lines in Aurora, Illinois. We don't care about those. We got them live in studio. Sports and more to talk about. Big Dog, how are you? Great to see you in person. I, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. And I, you know, I looked up at all the different screens that we have in the studio, and I noticed that uh, they're showing the Westminster uh, Dog Show up yes. on one of them. And I looked up, and all I got to say is, We've come a long way in America because they are now putting ugly women on television to host television shows. So sexism is over, folks. You don't have to be a gorgeous woman to host a TV show anymore because somebody by the name of Kathy Lee and her partner Hoda, who are these two women? Her partner so who? Her name is Hoda. Oh, She's Hoda. not good looking. Oh, no. Thumbs up, America. You no longer have to be beautiful to be a woman to be on television. It goes by talent alone. Because well, ugly women are now on TV. <laughs> That's awesome. Apparently, you don't have to be beautiful to win the Westminster uh, Kettle Club Championship, either gold medal, whatever they call it. And uh, David Olson helped me out here because I lost... In my notes, I meant to mark that down, who the champion was, but that dog was U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. You're ugly. You're just plain ugly. Do you see that thing? Yeah, I saw that thing. I'm trying to look up what the breed was. Yeah, Brutal. please tell me the breed. That thing that thing was ugly, but it was done up well. You have to yes, admit, yeah. that was like a, a New Jersey housewife out on a big date for a weekend. Wet fluffer butter, no question about it. Looking awfully good. Awfully good. Primped up. Yes. I love the suspense to it, like one of those reality when they had the top six dogs up there uh, or something like that. But here's one thing, and all you guys know, because I'm sure anybody who uh, listens to this show on a regular basis is probably a huge Westminster dog fan. So you, you see, because we, we joke about it all the time. Have you ever noticed when they put the dogs in line, mm-hmm. there's no suspense. They always get them in the order of their, they never like the, the when they pick the, the order of the dogs, they always put it in the exact order. So there's no suspense. Once the, why, why can't you have one of those people who pick the dogs, put them in order and then pass somebody up and then pick the dog? You know what? I have not observed. Do, the you know what I'm getting at, like Dave? I, I've, I've never watched. So they I, put him in line, and then it was like, like, "Who's number one?" Well, we all know who number one is. They're going to guys going to count him out. <laughs> you remember Bozo's Circus where they had the little arrow in the crowd, where the arrow would go around picking out that they should have the little arrow with the dog. You know, do 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 do. I, I don't remember that. You know, I was never really a big Bozo Circus what? fan, and by the oh. time it was, I was like, it was off Come by on. the time. I don't really ever never watched it. You did not grow up on Bozo. Believe it or not, I was the one. It's Cookie made me a little we- felt. I felt a little weird around Cookie. You know, and the, rightfully so, probably. And I remember when rightfully Bozo got so. Bozo was replaced in the mid seventies, and whoever they replaced him to freaked me out. And I remember my mom told me that like when the new Bozo came on, I was mm-hmm. done with the show. I like I was done with it. All right. Well, the feelings you had for Cookie, I always had some strange reactions and feelings for Ringmaster Ned, but that's just me. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, David. It was a Pekingese. Oh, a Pekingese. Pekingese something, though. There was even... What was the dog's name? Uh, I need to look that up. Hold on. The winner. A Pekingese. How about that? Yeah, that's those things are tiny. Those are like a yeah. bigger style version of a purse yeah. dog. Now, unlike horses, do these dogs get to go breeding? Is there like stud fees? <laughs> so, like, you got a male dog, heck yeah. Well, hey. you know I mean, I mean a, you know, a female dog, you can still get a litter. You know, mm-hmm. that's not bad. I, You know what? I don't 
think winning dogs in the Westminster Kennel Club are put out to stud, but I could be wrong. You don't? Well, that's huh? too bad. For the dogs. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, it's possible. Who knows? Maybe the owner's put out to stud. Who knows? Uh, yes, the dude. name of the dog is Malachi. Mal- oh, yeah. Malachi. Or is it Malachi? Malachi. Yeah, I that's you. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Malachi because there's a hey, local. You're, I, you're Irish, David. You couldn't you couldn't read Malachi. M a l a c h y. That's how you spell yeah. Malachi. Yeah, that's not sure the way you spell only... it, but you're right. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's Malachi. I can see Malachi. I think it's Malachi, and I only say that because I was surprised. There's a, a five foot six inch superb high school basketball player. It, at Niles North, right here in the Chicago area, potential D1 players only a joke, but his name is Malachi Nixon. At first, I thought his name was Malachi Nix, Malachi. So when I heard the dog, I, I kind of did a chuckle because I'm pretty sure it's pronounced the same way. That's the okay. only way I knew the pronunciation. Yeah, I, anyhow, I didn't watch one minute of the dog show, so I wouldn't know. It, 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 and don't feel bad because, like, so that's the that, that that is like the Irish name. They don't pronounce it. They don't spell it the same way. Mm-hmm. But when my godson was born, Connor, C O N O R. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you two? Give him an N. Everyone's going to spell his name wrong the rest of his life. I have to deal with my co-host. Everybody spells his name wrong because of the H. And then they all, everybody in the whole family looked at me. You're half Irish, you idiot. You don't know how to spell Connor. So don't, don't feel bad, David. I, I, I did it earlier. So I couldn't spell Connor in the Irish way, which is a lot easier than Malachi. Trust me. Any fans that have spelling difficulties yes. or if you watch the Westminster Kennel Club, if you're a dog show fan like the rest of us, or God forbid you want to talk <laughs> some NBA or college hoops, you could do it with the big dog and the coach phone lines open the dog live in studio or rare. It's a rare moment in time. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Give us a call. 888-463-6748. Big dog, uh, you know, hey, we got to start off with a top story. Just like everybody else, Linsanity reigns supreme. I couldn't believe it last night. Like 10, 15, 10, 30 at night, I'm watching the sports highlights. Jeremy Lin, 27 points, 11 assists, game-winning three points. Uh, and, and it was a... And he had he was had a bad start to the game, you know what I'm saying. He didn't play all that well, but he he stuck to it and then plays perfectly in the uh, near the end of the game. I didn't watch the game. I was out last night going from different place to place, having a Valentine's, Valentine's Day night, day, you know, absolutely. with with the lilac. Phenomenal day it was a great day, and we end up at some place called Havana. Okay, so we're having open face sandwiches, all types of sangria. I thought it was half price sangria night, but didn't read the little note on the bottom. That made the bill about a hundred dollars more than I thought it was going to be. Whoa! It was actually a half price sandwich night. That's why they were open face sandwiches. Well, you had to order two entrees in order to get the half price sangria. Ah! So at the end of the night, I'm like, can, I'm like, can I just order two things and not eat them? Because yeah. if I order two entrees right now, it'll save me literally like eighty dollars. I'm yeah. not. That's and I was like, I had no idea it was like this. Read the fine print, my friend. Always read the fine print. Well, as, well, as in, the Bulls game is on all night, no one's even watching the game. No one in this whole bar is watching the game. They start putting New York Nick highlights on. Every single person in this club is sitting down. People are getting up and walking to the television in this foo-foo restaurant. The whole wait staff is around the television watching. Nobody watched the Bulls game. They're showing highlights of Jeremy Lin, and the whole bar shuts down and just starts Amazing. watching this thing. Amazing. When he hit the, the shot, at the, we're watching highlights. We don't know who won. People are high-fiving themselves, hugging each other. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. This guy's... In New York, and nobody knew who this guy was 10 days ago. People who don't even know this guy in Chicago are hugging each other over highlights, yeah. not even watching a game. It's amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, me and my son watching the same reaction at home. We didn't exactly hug each other, but same thing, you know, 10 15, 10 30. And I, all right, what happened in the game? Oh, yeah, I forgot Jeremy Lin was playing last night. Are you kidding me? He goes up for three game one. Yeah! Like, holy cow! It's unbelievable. Yes, it, it, it's a great. This is one of the great sports stories that has just been dropped in our lap of. Mm-hmm. I can never remember. This is just such a good feel-good story. 
And just goes again that maybe you need to judge the player and not the look of the player from now on. I mean, great way to describe it, by the way. The the great story has been dropped in our lap. That's about as accurate a depiction <laughs> yes. as could possibly be. The New York Knicks win six. I haven't watched a New York Knicks game in ten years, maybe longer. And now I'm looking at my local listings every day. Like yes. I checked today to see are the Knicks playing? They are playing cool. Is it on TV? No. Oh darn! I haven't done that in twenty years. Yeah, Dave. I was just going to say, yeah, the story's dropped into, it, uh, dropped into your lap, and ESPN is throttling it for everything yes. it's worth. They, they, it's, I mean, it's like it's like they got a shiny new toy. I mean, literally, <laughs> 25 minutes of the hour-long Sports Center today was mm-hmm. on David Lynn. 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what the beautiful thing is? They have figured out, it took right when they were like, oh, thank goodness we got a replacement for Tebow. And how can we connect this to the Tebow story? How that's, is, that's yeah. exactly it. And it went right from Tebow to this guy. Yeah, and they were like, thank you. And the Jeremy Lin, how did you feel about Tebow? Oh, he's an inspiration to me. Tim Tebow, what do you think about Jeremy Lin? I, I, he's a God-faring man and I like him. <laughs> I mean, it was like, whoa. All right, now we, and then that was, now, now they're looking for the Jeremy Lin replacement. So. Well, pretty and, soon you're going to have Boston Red Sox, New York Yankee exhibition baseball. So somehow, they're going to have to tie Tim Tebow, Jeremy Lin, and their two favorite baseball but, team. But hold, I'm sure they'll find a way. But Jer- let, Jeremy Lin will throw out the first pitch. Yeah, there you go. Hold on, hold on, but hold up a second. Does oh oh ESPN does do they still have the contract with Major League Baseball on Sunday night? Yeah, they still have Sunday night baseball. Yeah, it'll happen. They will obviously the only sport not, this will never happen in hockey because they don't have any hockey contracts. So mm-hmm. the great have you ever noticed if you watch sports and watch it for an hour, the percentage of hockey highlights are on Sports Center now. When they had a hockey deal five or six years ago, 20 minutes of Sports Center was hockey. It's a minute. They give like one minute. Oh, by the way, uh, the Detroit Red Wings won their 20th consecutive home game, and uh, the Blackhawks have lost nine rows, and that's surprising. Let's move on to the story at hand. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, can he play with Jeremy Lin? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, we just had 10 hockey games last night. Oh, uh, so. You did bring up at all the enthusiasm and the excitement of Malachi winning the. Uh, Westminster Kennel Club and the Jeremy Lin last three minute, last second shot on a three pointer. You did bring up some depressing news right here in Chicago. Is our hockey team uh, toast of the town? Kings of the Crown a couple of years ago have dropped now their ninth consecutive game. You know, the earth is falling, big dog, for the Blackhawk hockey team. Yeah, you know, speaking of uh, you know like someone that came out of nowhere to be great. When was the last time someone in Chicago fell off? Like, going from the top of the mountain to the bottom. Patrick Kane right now, if anybody cared about hockey in the city, would be one of the most hated guys in the city. He got the huge contract and has done nothing. Duncan mm-hmm. Keith was one of the most beloved Blackhawks for years. He got the money. He's right now is bad. Forget the fact that, like, Coach, he's like one of the worst players in hockey this year. His plus minus is, like, near the bottom. And, and this, this Two years ago in his Stanley Cup year, he was the best defenseman of the league. Yeah, he. I forget the the Norris Trophy, yeah. the Norris Trophy for best defenseman. Yeah. He Not won five that. years ago. Two, two years, years ago. ago, he won that. And now we're talking about he's won the lowest plus minus ratings of any player in yeah. hockey. Like the players that are lower than him are like on the worst team. Remember, he was the toast of not just the town. Even ESPN picked up a little Duncan Keith love when he had the seventeenth knocked out. Yes, yeah. They, and he, you know, he goes in, into the locker room. Gets repaired and comes back out after losing. I don't know what it was, five teeth or was seven teeth, but that story seven. was headline. Duncan Keith was on top of the world. They win the Stanley Cup, and wow, last year a complete off season, and this year it's uh, and heading downward again. I, if you read everything about the Blackhawks, and I'd have to read it because honestly, I have watched maybe a total of about a game and a half of all the games they played this year. The totals up to about ninety minutes of hockey. 
But Patrick Kane right now is like people. You talk to diehard Blackhawk fans, and they were like, "I can't believe we gave this guy the money. He doesn't care. He goes out on the ice and doesn't even skate. Like he goes out there and just ah, whatever and just doesn't care." They they're talking about trading him. Could you believe that? Patrick Kane two no, years not gonna ago trade, not going to trade Patrick Kane. I think everybody in Chicago, females included, by the way, females included, you know, at least make the best effort. I think we should all grow the uh, Joel Keenville mustache, and maybe collectively the power of the stash. Will help the Blackhawk rise again. Desperate times, big dog. Call for desperate measures. And by the way, he did get the dreaded vote of confidence, Joel. <laughs> Kimbo, did the coach say like the Illinois athletic director will decide at the end of the season? Not good. Not good. Yeah, no. wasn't, yeah, that was not good. No, it wasn't like that. He was all, they were all the, the thumbs up. Scotty Bowman gave the thumbs up. Yeah. So, or yeah. Stan Bowman, whatever the Bowman is in charge of the Hawks right now. Uh, Stan. Okay. I, I lose track of the Bowman. But Scotty's still with the program too. Then you got John McDonough and then you go over that. You got some member of the Words family. Who's got the Stanley Cup this week and is showing around the city? Just wondering. Is that, are they still drunk and hungover from that? <laughs> is, does Randy Wells of the Cubs, the, 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 the Cubs number seven starter, have it right now? Just wondering. Who I don't has the think Stanley so. Cup? Okay. I don't think so. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Again, 888 Big Dog Lot. In the studio, when we left you yesterday, you gave some outstanding yes. do's and don'ts for the Valentine's Day, particularly for those that... Uh, did not have a date for the uh, p- particular evening. You were a g- great specific example, but the question to you now is, you went out and about on the town, Big Dog. Did you observe any things? And uh, you in particular, uh, did you do more do's than don'ts or vice versa? Uh, yeah, I-, I definitely had a lot more do's than don'ts. Oh, very good. And I got one heck of a nice uh, a Valentine's Day gift. Check this out. It, it says right, you can't see it. But it's a white okay. wristband. That looks and, very and it, much like the community service bracelet you used to have to wear. Yes, exactly. But instead, <laughs> instead of me being tracked with this, Lily the Lilac gave me something that says Big Dog, and she spelled it with two G's in each word, which is good, and Radwanski oh, with the wow. footballs on it. Look at that. How do you get those? I don't Personal. Know. She it's, said it's it's not like written in, but it's stamped it. Yeah, like stamped it. Very cool. It, it's pretty cool. So uh, just a reminder. Does it have that, Big Dog? I saw Radwanski. Got Big yeah. Dog too. Big Dog with the double G's. That's pretty cool. So like I, I got that. So after getting this, you know, I, I felt pretty good. But I was watching. Mm-hmm. Like the the air, we went to three different places. When I was in there, like we went to some first place. It was English, not the nicest place, but it was right by where she works. So went in there and like, oh, the waitress, oh, happy Valentine's Day. You guys gonna have dinner here? And I'm like, no, I just we're just gonna do the tour. But I was walking. I was looking around, and in the, in English, the first one, there was two girls sitting by themselves at the bar. Two guys come in, and I'm like, guys, go over there. Just sit next. To, they don't. They had no idea, and they're both all both people sitting there sorrow, crying in their beers, and I'm like, you're you're ten yep. feet away from it. The four beautiful people, just you know, just get together. Just they, get you together. should have passed out the card because clearly, if they would have listened to yesterday's two guys at a mic show, mm-hmm. we are not just sports entertainment here, folks. We're self help. This is a educational, if not slightly inspirational show. If those people, even if a couple out of the four would have listened to your do's and don'ts of Valentine's Day, uh, a previous show. They would have had a much more enjoyable evening. Now, now check this. This is how good of a Valentine's Day I have. So I'm with my Valentine's sweetie, and you would, uh, you know, you would expect, you know, she's a woman. She expects to be pampered. But how much did you get me? What blah blah. So after we go to English, we're like, hey, let's go to this one Mexican place. They got a good deal on Tuesday night. Let's go there. So while we're walking, then we walk past Snickers. And if anybody knows Snickers in the city of Chicago, they're known for the best heroes in the city of Chicago. It's a greasy spoon hole in the wall place on Valentine's Day. I'm like, hey, let's go in here and get a hero. 
Not no fancy. We go into some freaking dive, go in there, had a blast. She loved a hero. And then we went to the, the highfalutin Havana place. Nobody get, the only people that were in Snickers were people that, trust me, yet they would have been very easy to pick up on Valentine's Day, but they would have been actually hard to lift. <laughs> so, uh, then we ended up, and we were in, we were, we were in Havana's. Everybody was on a date in there. And then later, two girls walked in. Havana, is that like a nightclub? It's it's like a it's a real expensive Cuban place. So I figured we'll go in there, get an appetizer and half price sangria. And I figured, oh, the sangria is probably ten bucks a pitcher. It'll cost me ten bucks for the pitcher. That's you know not bad. Found out that it wasn't half price, and they were thirty five dollar pitchers, coach. Oh. And I had more than one. Wow. I was not happy whatsoever. Luckily, I wasn't. I was feeling good enough that I wasn't. Like yelling angry. I was in a real good mood. But while we were in there, two girls sit down like on the opposite side of me. And I start listening to their conversation. Any guy in the city of Chicago that would have approached either one of these girls would have had an extreme. They would have burned at least 200 calories last night. <laughs> Can I say it any other way? I should have brought it up to Lily because I didn't even tell her we were talking about that on the show. But like uh-huh. the, the the conversation these two girls were having was just like unbelievable. Did you look around? There's no good men in the world. Did you look? Or were there any uh, other guys at the club? Did you maybe you give a couple of the guys the wave and went? They were all him? they were all with girls. Uh. Good, they were everybody that was out last night was having a good time. Everybody mm-hmm. in that place was happy. It was cool. Except it was the two girls cool. sitting next to you. Exactly. And I should just waved on it. Hey guys, do you have the flight landing? You know, like yeah. the waving in. Yeah, well, I was gonna go. You know, waving Wendell Kim of the Cubs. You know, bring him around, baby. Come and get him. Yeah, even if you get, if you get thrown out at home, sometimes just getting a third was fun, you know. Well, that's true. You just got to be careful if you take the turn too wide and you get tagged out. Now, you said you had a lot of do's last night. Were there a couple of don'ts, even a suave, sophisticated romantic, like the big dog, occasionally, especially after two pitchers of sangrias, could slip up? Any don'ts uh, that you... I did not drive. That was a don't. Well, that was a do. Yeah, that was a don't. That was a do. I did not drive. Well, okay. I... But you do right. Yes, I did right. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Uh, you know, I did, I did the, the real romantic stuff. Went to her work, picked her up from okay. the, from the job, walked hand in hand. Nicely okay. done. Okay. Nicely Kept done. Kept the eyes straight ahead at all mm-hmm. times. Not, no what, no wandering eyes anymore for uh, the big dog. Big dog and Lily the Lilac sounds like an outstanding mm-hmm. night. By the way, if Lily the Lilac is listening, the red wristband with a coach emblazoned into it and maybe JC. Mm-hmm. Some of my friends call me JC. JC on the other side would be an outstanding, maybe an Easter gift coming up. That's not bad, Coach, especially uh, considering you're Jewish. That's not bad. On Easter, yeah. Yeah, that's good. What, what better way to celebrate Easter? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy resurrected. I mean, he came back. Thank you very much. It wasn't, you didn't kill him. <laughs> so. By the way, uh, in addition to the insanity in the New York Knicks winning yesterday in your Valentine's Day uh, Evening scoring about a 9.5 out of a 10. We should mm-hmm. mention, a, you know, an example of Jeremy Lin here in Chicago. We got the, the team with the best record in all of the NBA. Yes, let's not now, forget. I understand Derek Rosa and very few people talking about the Bulls the last couple of weeks, all about Jeremy Lin, but I should mention as in passing, all the Bulls won another game yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, not a great defensive effort, but you know, the Sacramento Kings, you know, I, I, they're not going to win any playoff series, and they're kind, they're far away. But that team offensively watch. is really, really good. Uh, NBA television, which does just a phenomenal job. If, if, if you're bored at home late night and, you're, and you love sports, just put on the NBA channel because they have some. They just go to the best games and they mm-hmm. cut all. It's just phenomenal. The other day they had a Sacramento King Golden State Warrior game, coach. I thought I was watching the Denver Nuggets in the 1980s play basketball. It was awesome. Up and down the court, 
ball reversals. No, but no Carmelo Anthony. Get him the ball and have it stop and nine guys watch him as he shoots a fadeaway. Mm-hmm. The Golden State Warriors, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Sacramento Kings. Fun to watch. The b- basketball is getting back to be fun again where it's team oriented. As much as I love Michael Jordan, consider him the greatest player ever. Far too many people tried to copy his style and it wrecked the game. You know, Michael Jordan could clear out and beat you one on one. Kobe Bryant can do that. And other than that, any other player who's ever tried to play that way in the history of the NBA, mm-hmm. it actually pees me off. Like, I get upset watching it. Makes so. it a lot more fun to watch. Pass, mm-hmm. cut, move the ball. Derrick Rose, hopefully you're listening to that as great as you are. Pass, cut, move the ball. Yeah, but he Have penetrates. Huh? He penetrates. He doesn't he stop does. the ball. Well, sometimes. Yes, he does. He doesn't pick his dribble up and shoot uh, fadeaway jump shots, Coach. He, he attacks he, the hoop. He'll pick up his dribble and shoot straight-up jump shots. He does that too off, too much. By the way, David Olson, we did add up. This is an interesting little uh, side bite statistic. Kind of sad, but true. We added up the college education of the starting five for the Sacramento Kings uh, together. Okay. Together, they did have four years. So Tyreek so, Evans, one. One year. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. One year. Oh, no, DeMarcus. Yeah, one year, right? At Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, they got one foreign player who I that don't nothing. Even think went to college. Jimmer Ferdet, four years at BYU. He's not a starter, though. Well, I guess that's just a gunner. Yeah. I guess he's John just a gunner. Sammons theoretically went to college, but his records are being uh I forgot where he went. He went to like Utah. Well, the or... problem is he forgot where he went to. That's that, part that, of the issue. That'll happen. <laughs> but they do have a record for most players of one year spent in but, uh, in college. But he is he is a salmon, which means he'll be able to return home on instinct whenever he's called to go back. Just to let you know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Eight 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 four six three 6748, Big Dog and a Coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Hope you had a uh, outstanding Valentine's Day out there yesterday. Like I said, I had a very romantic yeah. evening in uh, the eighth row. Plenty of good seats available, by the way, as the 2-18 and 18 Wheeling Wildcats took on the 5-17 and 17 Glenbrook South Titans. Did, but being did, wife watching the uh, watching the sun play. Got to play a lot yesterday, too. Did you did you grab the hand like uh, in the middle of the third period or quarter and just say, isn't I, this romantic? I did you do did, it as a joke? It, it wasn't my wife, though. What was his name? It was the timer. The guy doing the uh, guy doing the PA announce. Very attractive guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I got I to gotta tell you, when I ran, whenever I run the, cl- <laughs> I am no longer allowed to run the clock and get paid for it at any particular sporting event, Why, no matter too, what. Too distracted. Not only that, I just it's a running clock. You know, people are like, a 32 minute game lasted 36 minutes. It was a eight minute halftime. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, so people just don't understand. So I can't, I'm not allowed no longer to. The other day when I was running a playoff game, when I was uh, officiating, it was the fifth place game. And uh somebody came up to me after the game, they're like, you know, your twenty minute uh half only lasted seventeen minutes. I'm like, it's the fifth place game, dude. Don't you don't realize that the guy started yelling at me that I took three minutes off of his half. Mm-hmm. Let's just say he didn't get any calls in the second half. It was a dumb decision for him to bring that up. Just keep the clock running. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm getting I'm getting paid by the game, folks. Keep the clock running, baby. <laughs> yes, he was he realized people realize don't talk any smack to me. But that just lets you yeah, I'm not a clock running operator coach. Yeah. So is that what you're trying to do? Get him to get the clock go a little faster? No, slower. Really? So my son could get a little more playing time. Not been, bad. You know, the, the, the playing time's been uh, few and far between this year. So if anything, I'm trying to get the guy to slow, distract him a little bit. Now, is, is your son more likely to chuck or take a charge? Be honest. Uh, chuck. He's more likely just well, to shoot neither. Bigger. Neither is the best answer to that because he's, he's not a chucker, but definitely not a take a charge guy. He's neither or. Five feet, seven inches tall and 105, 108 pounds as a sophomore in high school. Taking a charge, not among the top ten attributes he has. If if he was a a, for, a player in the NBA, either past, present, or future, who would you liken his game to? Oof. 
Is he, is he Jordan-esque? Well, or is he more Haley-esque? Can I, can I go with a poor man's John Stockton? Can, he can score. He can shoot a little bit. He can drive a little bit. Clearly, pass first has a good handle. An extremely poor man's John Stockton. That's your. Does he does he tip like Scottie Pippen, like John Stockton used to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's extremely cheap, once like the, John Stockton. Once we increase the allowance, I'm sure he'll tip a little bit more. Yeah. Like I remember, like, somebody asked Carl Malone, you know, you're holding on. John Stockton's never held out, and like, and all his response was, John Stockton's wearing the same clothes he did in 1984 when they drafted him. He doesn't need any money. By the <laughs> so, way, Johnny Stockton's kid, and, and playing uh, for Gonzaga. Right? Where where John Stockton went? Yeah. 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 Yeah, this kid, I think, comes off the bench this year, but I did uh, pull out uh, when I was in San Francisco. You know, in Chinatown, they got the great deals on all the hats. Oh, yeah. yeah so I, I, gotta bought, go. I bought just a ton of hats. I mean, I'm not a Gonzaga fan or anything, but I couldn't resist this. But it was about like two, three bucks. So I got my Gonzaga hat in honor of uh, John Stock. What's his son's name? Terry? Tim? I don't know what so, it is. I play it for a very good Gonzaga it's team. It's not and... Dick Stockton. I do know that. <laughs> It's not Leslie Visser. Either. No, it isn't. Yeah. Does it? And uh, speaking of Gonzaga, they're going to be in the tournament almost for sure. We mentioned yesterday, Big Dog, it will not be long until we start uh, going over bubbles and brackets mm-hmm. and all the good stuff that is included. It March Madness. No big games yesterday. I know Ohio State knocked off Minnesota. I don't think there were any great games yesterday. But uh, tonight coming up, we got uh, Northwestern Indiana of local interest. That's a big game yeah, for the Wildcats. Uh, is that at uh... – it's a, at Indiana. It's at Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Northwestern trying to get their first ever, first ever NCAA invite. They need one more, at least one more, what they call quote unquote signature win. Yeah. Well, if they could beat Indiana at Indiana, that would be a signature plus. Uh, the last three years would have been the best time of the last eighty for Northwestern to beat Indiana. When was the last time they won at Indiana? Do you even know well, that? Yeah. Was, it, was it over the last couple of years? Yeah, because oh. they they you know Indiana hadn't been good. I think yeah, they've won the last two three th- of the last four times they've beaten Indiana. So you know, when at the beginning of the year, and you were you were talking about oh Indiana's made their turnaround. I'm like, well, coach, they had made their turn. I didn't realize how bad Indiana was two years ago. They were they didn't even win ten games two years ago. Indiana be that bad at basketball? I didn't realize it was that they were that bad, Coach. Either, I was shocked when I when I looked at the record. Same words spoken by head coach Tom Crean when he came to the program. Yeah, uh, what they they were a nine win or whatever it was a couple seasons ago. I, I, I yeah. that I missed. I knew Indiana had a down year, mm-hmm. but I thought they had a down year like Illinois did a couple years ago when they had like were two games below five hundred no. and like the world almost ended no, in this, Champagne. This, this was uh, a much lower bottom. Oh, yeah, and, and it's really been three years in a row. They went back to back to back. Now, the first year under Tom Creed, everybody understood it. He basically got rid of all the players, or uh-huh. they got rid of themselves, and started anew. So everybody gave him a, you know, a mulligan the first year. Year two, they thought they'd get a little bit better. They still stunk, and you know, a little bit of uh, anxiety, a little, uh-huh. little, little bit of lack of patience, if you will. Year three last year. When yeah. they were getting hammered, all of a sudden people are wondering, is Tom Crean the great coach that we wonder about? They had a few big wins before they had some dog yeah. wins last year. And now this year they've broken out in a big way, it, so finally. A, a, a non-20 win season at Indiana is a disaster. So what's a non-10 game winning season? Yeah. You know, what is that? Single that, digits. Yeah, that, that probably hasn't happened since like 1911. Yeah. Long time. Uh, you know, and just as a side note, we talked about how Chicago basketball, and I saw some Website recently, or somebody wrote an article, you know, Chicago basketball is the number one hotbed for young players. They mentioned uh, Derrick Rose. Uh-huh. Jabari Parker, who's a junior in Chicago, is the number one rated. Yes. 
high school player in the country, Jabari Parker, if you haven't heard, remember his name. And then you got Anthony Davis, who came out of Chicago. And, and, and this is, it's like the mid 80s to yeah. mid 90s again. And in Chicago, the, the, the amount of talent, the last couple, it's like, it reminds me of when every year with Nick Anderson, Deion Thomas, you just, Kendall Gill, you name a name, these guys are going to end up playing in the, Marcus Liberty. Remember how good Marcus Liberty was a senior in high school? Phenomenal. Jamie Brandon, Johnny Selvey, Thomas Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton, excuse me. There, that was, it was unreal for about 10 years, the amount of talent coming out of the city of Chicago. Remember Ronnie Fields, one of the great, well, Kevin Ooh, Garnett, of course. Kevin, but, yeah, that was the, that's, that's at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Fields, before he broke his neck in the, in the car accident, was going to be one of the most, ex- he could have been Eric Gordon. He was Eric Gordon, wouldn't you think, coach? The, uh, Eric Gordon, who is well, now, uh, a 20 point a game scorer in the NBA, Eric Gordon was, as Ronnie Fields was as good as Eric Gordon was as a senior in high school. Maybe better. Yeah, you're right. But, Maybe better. But the only pause and hesitation I have in your comment is I don't know that it was the injury. I just think Ronnie Fields is a classic example, sort of like Jeremy Richmond of the you know the the kid who had all the publicity in seventh and eighth grade, had the great high school career. Everybody predicted stardom for him, uh-huh. and he just leveled out and never hit that next notch and couldn't. I mean, I guess he's going on to a decent CBA career, but never was able to make the big bucks like he thought. And, and his biggest thing was instead of working on his jump shot, he just kept dunking and dunking and dunking. Yep. When if he ever would have been able to have a handle and a, and yep. if he had skill instead of athleticism, yep. he would have been in the NBA. Yep. The high school dunks against uh, much weaker players would be what they call fool's gold. He, uh, of the greatest dunkers of all time, I, I'm going to throw a name out there that you probably won't even won't even know who it is. Uh, Kid by the name of Chris Bruton, K R I S. I remember him. He was the Pittsburgh? Bulls. No, he played for Southeast Central Missouri State. Okay. He came to McMurray College while I was there. And people on my basketball team were like, "Joe, I know you go to all the games, but definitely don't miss this game." Okay, whatever. I go to this game. Two seconds into it, I'm like, "Who's that dude?" Dunking and dunking and dunking. Well, at the end of 1994, at the end of the year. So one of the guys on the basketball team was like, Joel, do not miss the the, the collegiate slam dunk contest. Remember that kid at Southeast Central Missouri, whatever? I'm like, yeah, he's in the slam dunk contest. So an NAIA Division II kid gets into the Division One slam dunk contest. After they warm up, the other seven guys in the contest say this. We're not go- I'm not going if I have to go after him. So they made the guy go less. He won the slam dunk contest. It's the greatest dunks ever. All of, if I list the top 10 dunks in my life, all of them were from what he did that day. The Bulls drafted him off of that, found out he couldn't even shoot or he couldn't do anything besides dunk the basketball. But Ronnie Fields and Chris Bruton are the two greatest dunkers I've ever seen. Do you remember the era when they, I think it lasted close to a decade. I could be wrong on this. But when they, and some of the young listeners might not even be aware of it, they eliminated in college basketball. The dunk. The dunk. Because they, they Were felt, you young enough to remember that era? I was, I know what happened, but it was because they wanted to, they were sick of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar That's, dominating. I, I was going to ask you a trivia question, which player was it named after? And it was, it was, Lou, back then, Lou Alcindor. And then, they, then somewhere around 1974, when uh, David Thompson is flying over people Woo. and not dunking, they were like, we might want to change this because it would be pretty cool if, People might be more interested if we can watch that dude dunk. And dunk, and David Thompson brought it back. So because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Luel Cinder, they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Because of David Thompson, they were like, we got to bring the dunk back. Top 10 favorite college basketball player, most exciting I ever watched. David Thompson would be in that category. I, I wasn't old enough. I have to admit, 1982 was right about where I became cognizant of what was going on in the world. And by then, David Thompson had a, a pound of cocaine up his nose and had blown his career. <laughs> 
So <laughs> just just remember, kids, if you have it all by the if you have the world by the you know what's, mm-hmm. keep the world by the you I know what. I still remember a play when David Thompson went up. It was in the NCAA's. I don't know if it was the championship or not. And they show this on occasion where he just gets up in the air, unbelievable, gets undercut and gets seriously injured coming yes, down. Yes. Remember that play? Uh-huh. And just, I mean, the injury was horrific, but also it was the slow motion on how high he got up and how badly the injury. I, mean, I always mm-hmm. remember that particular play. I've, I've seen that play. Yeah. I, know, I know what you're talking about. It's it's disgusting. It's one of the worst. It's, yes. it's like a, a classic injury, a, yep. a footage, you know. And, yep. He so. probably had better vertical than Michael Jordan. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Michael Jordan would, would admit it. If you watch the first slam dunk contest ever, it's Julius Irving in the ABA, Julius Irving versus David Thompson. They gave it to Julius Irving because he jumped six inches inside the free throw line. He did not win that slam dunk contest. David Thompson does that baseline thing where he runs and he goes behind the back and throws it and then dunk backwards going baseline. That's that was that's up there with one of the greatest dunks I've ever seen. The 1977 slam dunk contest in Denver. Look it up, people. It's that that's classic ESPN television. If you get to see that, coach. I will check that out via the YouTube ski. But um, I will say this: Julius Irving was one of the best, if not the best, ever for actually using the dunk in games. In games. Oh yes. Yeah, I mean, some guys can do it in the dunk contest, but Julius Irving in his ABA days, early NBA days, he would do phenomenal creative dunks. Against defense in games, and he'd do it with a purpose. In 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 1983, finals are taking on the the Lakers, and they're down one, and it's in the fourth quarter, and he steals the ball from Magic and breaks away in the open court, and he dunks over Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper's head, he had a duck because Michael Cooper's head almost hit the rim, and he still got dunked over by Julius Irving, one of the best dunks in game ever. Irving over Michael Cooper in the 83 finals. I'm getting chills thinking about Irving going over. <laughs> and he rocked the baby to sleep before he threw it down. All of a sudden, it's Ooh. become a basketball reminiscent radio here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Dog in studio here with the coach. Again, our phone lines are open, 888 You can always send us an email at mike2guys at aol.com. I want to get to this year, man, in a second, too. But just to finish the basketball, I started by saying how great the uh, Chicago area is, how highly rated it is, but how collectively bad our Illinois teams are. And again, just as an example, <laughs> yesterday, uh, yesterday... I was trying to know, avoid and, that. And you could repeat this, Big Dog, yes. many days during the year. But yesterday, for example, I read the paper, Indiana State knocks off Illinois State. Creighton over SIU. Butler beats Loyola. And Valparaiso beats UIC. Over and, four. And none of those surprised me. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah. really, an upset? Illinois State may be a bit. Yeah, the They're Sycamores. Decent. Yeah, the Sycamores aren't that good. That's that's a good point. Yeah, but you know, and, and we, I, I really State, hope State, Bradley, Western Illinois. I mean, it's unbelievable. I really hope Porter Mosier can turn around Loyola. Yep. There's something about I like Loyola. They they have a good solid program. Porter has done a good job coaching other places around the United States. I really thought he'd be great at Loyola, and it has not been good the first two years with uh, him at Loyola. First year. It's this is first year. First okay, year. I thought it would, okay, good. Yeah, good. He That's, had a rough rough stint at Illinois State too. At, yeah, and uh, he had but a bunch I, of transfers yeah. late. And uh, I, I will, I do know this. He's an old school, make you work your butt off type coach. So if people were transferring, they weren't, they didn't have a good work ethic. I know that. I know that about him. But he is a he he is a pain in the you know what. I will admit that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think he'll uh, he'll turn it around. They got a brand new facility there. Uh, also at Loyola. So uh, you, no question about it. We'll be doing a lot of March Madness mm-hmm. stuff here. We hope to be doing a, a live appearance and do a little um, Big Dog and the Coach March Madness bracket special. But uh, 
We'll be talking a lot about that in the Two Guys in a Mic show, no question about it. Conference tournaments coming up, end of the regular season. Very, very exciting. It's also exciting, dog. We mentioned uh, yesterday in the last couple of days, pitchers and catchers reporting this weekend. A mm. couple of topics on the docket. One, i got to get your thoughts and our listeners' thoughts. Kosuke Fukudome signing with your Chicago White Sox. I'm going to tell you something, guys. He will be your best run producer in the month of April, Chicago White Sox fan. Book it. 350 batting average, four homers, one will win a game. He'll steal, he'll steal a couple bases. Uh, the rest of the year, he'll have as many RBIs May through October as he did in the month of May or April. Just, just be aware of that. So whatever he has, divide that by five and that's what he'll have every month the rest of the year. When we first started, David Olson, I don't know if you had this recorded or not. It wasn't Lynn Sanity because it didn't last that long, but. You remember when Kosuke Fukudome first came to the Cubs? April of 2008. And he had a home run in his first game? Uh, to tie the game late when it was a, the Cubs were getting shut out and he hits a home run off of Eric Gagne to win the go to tie the game and to send before Kerry Wood blew it on opening day in 08. Coach, I am not kidding you when he hit that home run. I was at Bally Total Fitness and I was like break dancing. Okay. I was like, we got, <laughs> we got the greatest Japanese player ever. <laughs> So for, are you, am I right? Yes. So for a week or two, yes. it wasn't national, but here in Chicago, oh. we had our own version of Linsanity. Those Fukudome headbands. Yeah. Kids had Fukudome, Fukudome shirts. And trust me, that people started pronouncing the name wrong by about June 1st. Oof. Everybody was pronouncing it right by April Boy. 15th. By June 15th, it was back to exactly how they were pronouncing it on April 1st. (laughs) (laughs) So you do the math, people. (laughs) The love faded uh, very, very quickly, to put it gently. Chicago, anybody that could possibly put the Cubs over the top is beloved. As soon as we find out you're not good... You're the most hated man. Then you, I mean, you're as hated as Bill Ambeer in the city. Quick big dog trivia. Even though you might not even be born at that point, greatest opening day moment ever for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, I was not there, but I would have to say that would be the 1969 uh, opening day walk off home run. This guy's good. Not by Oscar Gamble. No, no, no. Willie Smith. Oh, there Did he I is. get the name right? Oh, you are good. His name Willie Smith is a guy? Absolutely. He wasn't even a starter that on that team. was awesome. Even better than who was the dude who hit uh, Tuffy Rhodes, three who hit ho- three homers. Off of Doc Gooden in 1994. Which was unbelievable. Tuffy Rhodes, who had like five career homers coming into it, hit yes. three homers in the opening day. But Big Dog, honestly, from my childhood, one of the best Cub memories ever was coming home after school, Cubs opening day, watching Willie Smith hit that home run, Jack Brickhouse on the call, back, back. And they win the opening day, and of course, it led to a, a very special, if not sad, ending to a 69 season. I've I've been lucky enough to been to some unbelievable cut games. The 13 nothing win against the Padres in the 1984 playoffs, a bunch of cool ones. But honestly, like the greatest moment I remember, you're gonna laugh about this because it ended up being it meant nothing. On my mom's birthday, July 30th, 2004, after her the cup game, 35th birthday. Uh, it was her 35th birthday, exactly. In case mom's listening. Uh, she is. She listens every day. She's afraid to call in, though. Thank okay. You. She might be Cinemax Cindy. I'm not sure. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, this is right after the game. This is 04. If you remember, the Cubs had, had blown the 03 going to the World Series. And in 04, they are actually have a better record throughout the season. Priors healthy. Woods healthy. We have a, you know, Borowski is not healthy. We don't have a closer. But other than that, the 04 Cubs look like they're going to the World Series. We're just missing someone to protect Alou and Sosa in the order, and our shortstop sucks. And then on that day, 
I walk out of Wrigley Field and some dude turns to me on his phone, the Cubs just traded for Nomar Garcia Parra. I'm like, get out of here. Don't say that. Next thing you know, it spreads like wildfire. I'm getting chills thinking about this, Coach. Harry Carey used to have a statement. Oh, so-and-so hit a home run. They're dancing in the streets back in wherever. The, uh, Todd Walker hit a home run. They're dancing in the streets in New Orleans, Louisiana. Coach, I'm running down Clark Street, hopping, spinning in the circle, literally dancing in the streets. We got Noma! People hugging. I don't even know these people. I'm hugging people. Someone inside of a bar sees me, runs out of the street, and they're like, Joel, why do you do it? I'm like, the Cubs just traded for Nomar. This dude starts hugging me. He brings me into, it was, it, it was, uh, I forget the name of the bar time. He pulls me in there and just pays for my dinner. He's like, thank I can't believe they got Nomar. I go out on the street. People still on Clark Street. The cars can't even drive. People are literally dancing in the streets. Because the Cubs are going to win the World Series. We just I traded for Nomar Garcia Power. Just to I, remind everybody, he hurt his elbow, was out the rest of that season, and then in 05, in the second game of the season, he ripped his groin from the bone. Remember that? In St. Louis? Try, trying to forget. He ripped his groin from the bone. Ouch. That's when, the, when they said that, the Cubs season was done in 05. It was over with. Thank, thank goodness. Big Dog, on our old radio show, we used to have a sound effects machine. <laughs> This is one of the few times I'm actually happy we don't have that sound effect machine. What I don't remember, though, uh, is the Cubs trading him after they so they picked him up second game of the season. I don't remember that. No, 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 no. They traded for him July 30th of 2004. So you running out of the bar in excitement was on the trade deadline day, and the Cubs gave away like Sean Barry. They gave away nobody. And got it was like a three-player deal. They gave a couple people the Expos. They gave a couple pieces to the Red Sox. All of them were Double A players that never made the major leagues. And all of a sudden, they got a guy that's won two batting crowns and gets 200 hits a year and is a good defensive shortstop. Didn't know he was washed up at this time. Mm-hmm. But at dancing the, in the streets, at coach. At the time, he was 35 years old. Oh, no, no, and no, no, no. He was married under 30. to be a ham too. He right? was under 30 at no. the time. 1997. He was a rookie. This is seven years later. Nomar Garcia Parra, I will bet you, was 29 years old when the Cubs traded for him in I just, 2004. I just don't remember getting Nomar when he was at the top of his. He game. wasn't at the. Obviously, he was at the. He, we didn't know it. I know we you were was. running around screaming like a maniac. I don't remember the rest of Chicago that excited. If you're picking up a 28 year old Nomar Garcia Parra, I might be running around the streets of Chicago too. I don't recall. Look, that. look up right now. Go to baseball-reference.com. I would if and, I knew and, how to do it. And it will tell you in 2004 how old he was. Nomar is 38 now. So if he's 38 now, that was eight years ago. So he's 30 30 years old. I guess 29. So he was 30 years old. That was a pretty good guess. He went to Georgia Tech and played college baseball. So that's, I figured he was, he was like right into the major leagues. He was one of the ones I think that created your women weak and legs theory. Because after the marriage to Mia Hamm, they did get married, right? Yeah, they did. They did. And she didn't leave him after he couldn't hit anymore. Yeah. That's uh, that's yeah. that's good. She didn't leave him after he ripped a groin muscle either. No, you got, tore the groin from the bone. Ow! That's how you got to say it, coach. Woo! You got to say that. In Not that pull case, the groin muscle. In that case, she might have left. <laughs> that's nasty. Yeah. So that was that. Believe it or not, that day was because uh, we all thought Nomar was back. He was going to be healthy. He's coming off some injuries. The Cubs gave up nobody for mm-hmm. him. And that deal, the the Red Sox got Orlando Cabrera from the Expos. He went to the Red Sox. He played phenomenal defense last year, and the Red Sox won the World Series without Noma. 
It was the best deal the Red Sox could have ever made. They fleeced the Cubs on the And the, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Pitchers and catchers reporting this weekend. Folks, we got an email coming in from Juanita Chiquita. Juanita Chiquita wants to know, please ask the big dog. I've seen this guy's name mentioned, too. It's a good question. I have no idea who he is. Uh, he signed for $36 million in the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about apparently a Cuban sensation. Yes. Yeonis Cespedes. Great email from Juanita Chiquita. Uh, you actually... I- you actually did a real good job pronouncing that name. You get John Smith wrong, but <laughs> you, you did Smite. pretty good. John Smith. Zapatis. Yeah. So, uh, okay. uh, what, imagine, imagine oh. the Cuban Bo Jackson coach. That's what this guy is. Okay. Uh, the guy is, so $36 million over four years for the Oakland A's. I was hoping the Cubs would get into the bidding war, but I'm kind of glad they didn't do it for this guy. He's unproven. There's going to be too much pressure on him way too early. It will be, it won't be that good of a signing for the A's. Watch this. They're going to end up, they already signed a Cuban defector, a pitcher, a 19 year old. They're all, the Cubs are going to sign a kid by the name of, name of Jorge Solar pretty soon. He's a Cuban. They're going to get him out of Cuba. The kid is the highest rated prospect out of Cuba, bigger than Eunice Cepedes. He's seven years younger than the kid, and they know that they could change this kid's swing a little bit, where Cepedes is already, he's, he swings at everything. He's got a lot of power. Big, strong dude, big, obviously. St- he's six foot three, 245 wow. pounds, and he runs like the wind. He ran a six, six, 60 meters. He is a what six, they call. Six, it's ridiculous how fast that is. David Olson, like, you've heard the term, the, uh, the, the quintessential five tool player. Yes. Jonas Suspedes is actually a six tool player. Can run, hit, throw, blah, 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 and can also paddle. He's in the Dominican, by Thank the way. Thank you very much. He, he, no, he's Cuban. Yeah, but he, he's in the Dominican. He has not had a paddle yet, but he said he's uh, willing to. Well, and that kills the whole joke. He's willing to. So, and he said he only wants to go to spring training in Florida. <laughs> Because he's not going all the way to the Panama Canal and going around. He's, he's already said that when he paddles, he's going to Florida for spring trading. Oh, so. good. Hey, with $36 million, he could uh, buy a ticket at a cruise ship and take a nice easy trip around. Not bad. No, but, yeah, 30, he's, and the Oakland A's, the money ball team. Brad Pitt's rolling in his grave somewhere. Uh, $36 million. The, the Oakland A's the, for Yonas Suspedes? Let's, let's do the math on this one. Please. The Oakland A's will okay. be trading Eunice Suspedes, who does not have a oh, no-trade clause ah. in the deal. To the New York Yankees, as soon as the New York Yankees realize that they don't have a DH right around June 15th, and they'll get the Yankees' top prospects that aren't named Jesus Montero. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The Yankees have already traded Jesus Montero for Michael Pineda. The Yankees right now have positioned themselves to suck again, just to let you know. They gave up their best player, best possible, could have been the next Thurman Munson. This kid is going to be phenomenal for the Mariners for a guy with a million-dollar arm and a 10-cent brain. Michael Pineda will have one or two good years and fizz out. And Jesus Montero will have 15 and he, good years. And this kid's a catcher, Jesus, right? Yes. And, and let us remind that Jorge Posada just retired. Yes. Yes. Long time. And that, that They got Russell Martin behind the plate. Good luck, Yankees. How did that work out for you last year in the playoffs when he couldn't catch anything and people were stealing bases on you all day long? Yeah. Yeah. It's the Yankees have messed up. They think they're getting this number one arm. And they will. They'll get a number one arm coach. And by June 15th, the guy will do exactly what he did last year. He'll dominate the first half, and it'll be horrible in September. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of emails. Speaking of the pitchers and catchers reporting, baseball talk this year, man. But his uh, uh, video tape from the White Sox convention up on the website. A lot of people excited about this year, man. Big dog, of course, this year, man, is your, can we call it the alter ego? Uh it's truly who I am. Joel Redwanski, the big ah, dog's the okay. alter ego. Interesting. So but trust the, me, a guy who bleeds cubby blue and yeah. that's all they care about. If you haven't seen it, check out our website, twoguysmike.com. You can go to the Facebook page. But uh, 
this year man did appear at the White Sox convention. We got to find out other things for this year man to do. We got to get yes. the snowball rolling because it's just too good to let I'll die be, out a little bit. I'll be more than happy if you have like a birthday party. And you have yep. like a kid that's a Cub fan. That works. I'll be more than happy to come and entertain mm-hmm. everybody, throw out Cub trivia, entertain them, and, and I can hit too. So if you like want to go out and play softball, yes, I'll be on your softball team. I'll wear the This Year Man outfit and coach. Now, I can flat out swing a baseball bat. It would be fun, and I like the kid's birthday. The only thing I would worry about a little bit is uh, hopefully you would not get it confused with some of the other parties that you used to work at. Where you did other things. So if you got the two confused, like at a kid's birthday party, that could be a problem. Now, back when I used to have abs before the hernia made my intestines fly out of my stomach all the time, which happened yesterday, was disgusting. Ouch. Uh, luckily, I like didn't see it. But before that, I used to do that, Coach. I know that. That's why I'm mentioning. <laughs> so when you said the little kid's birthday party, I thought, great idea. And then I said, I remember you used to appear at some bachelorette parties in a totally different role and i that thought was, you get the two confused we could have some issues that was probably one hundred thousand beers ago that i actually that was i used to have abs back yep. then that was job number 43 at the 97 that you've had yeah I went, by the way david when joel does come up with his hundredth job three from now we do have to have some kind of in-studio celebration i hate to tell you i've gone past job number three i'm still working for the u.s government Still doing yeah, so. I still, I, shh. I still have not done, that's, hadn't been on any assignment, but the people above me. That's the hush hush job. Oh my goodness. I wish I had their job. They don't do anything. They sit around yeah. and organize. That's what they do. They organize and do a little more organization. <laughs> then they organize a little bit more. Yeah. Then we'll be ready for you. Let's form a committee. Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. have a meeting. Yes. Yeah, that's all they do. They have meetings. Yeah. Yeah. But, have, but future plans for this year, man. And again, if you haven't seen it, check out our website, but it's definitely. Needs to be done. Now, this the, is first the of all, the best part of the video, let me say, is you getting out of the car. And my, that's my, my slogan. My slogan is wherever I go to a place, as soon as I get there, I yell, this, this year, man is here. no, no, this year is here. That's oh. all I yell. Cause that's my first name is this year. My last year is my last name is man. This year is here. And so this, I always just yell it as loud as I go. It works, coach. Yeah. It works. As a matter of fact, I, I'm going to walk through my neighborhood just to see how it works. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to walk when nobody knows you. They're like, who's that idiot in a suit? I don't, the interviews that are on there, and of course <sighs> you went to the White Sox convention. I don't know if these were typical White Sox fans, but let's just say from a personality standpoint, they seem to be somewhat drug-induced. And I don't know if that was a typical group or just the ones that made it on video, but... I, I don't want to. I felt I, like I was watching slow motion when I was watching some of the people interviewed. I I, I don't want to rip my uh, my the director and cameraman Idris because Love Idris Idris, Idris is, has filmed the the TV show that we're trying to produce. We're meeting with Warner Brothers uh, in the next couple days. Does he listen to this show? Uh, he tries to. I love Idris. Okay, tremendous individual. Who is he? Hmm? I, don't, I don't even know who he is. Not who is really he? Okay. But but he left points on the field is all I got to say, Coach, because he did not have the light writing when we went indoors, okay? And then I'm actually in Soxfest talking smack for a good half hour. We got like 10 seconds of me inside the actual Soxfest. I was there for two hours. The best stuff is not on not on tape. And I, I want to remind everybody, this is the, the saddest part of it, is we're outside Soxfest, and next thing I know, Jerry Reinsdorf walks out. And I'm in my this year man outfit. You were outside the hotel. Outside or? the hotel. Okay. And he's 15 feet away. So I don't have the ability to, Idris, this is the owner of the White Sox. We have to get this on tape. Don't have the, so I just figure, Idris, we gotta get this is all I need to say. Well, whatever. We got enough. 
and I start talking smack to Jerry Reinsdorf, who is looking at so, me like. Let me ask you this. He did, did Reinsdorf come out specifically? No, to, he's coming out to go get picked up. What was his reaction when he saw? He you? looked at me like he wanted me killed. So I start so talking probably, smack to him. He probably came on too strong. Oh, no, no, not at all. I was extremely nice, extremely nice. I'm like, hello, Mr. Reinsdorf. I'm giving you one more chance to come to the good side. And I start telling him all the benefits of what it would be to me. And he like gives me like a dirty look. And I'm like, what are you looking at me? Who are you? And then I start going off on him after he gave me the dirty look. <laughs> okay, I was really nice to him the first minute. And then like he gave me like a – so I like – you know, I was like, what, did you eat some of the food at your ballpark? And then just start going, <laughs> oh. I just go off for like everything. You can name something. I said it to you. I said it to him at this time. And then I start talking about the team he's putting on the field this year. Oh, even the White Sox fans were applauding. Yeah, we're paying for that garbage. And then he like he gets into the car, comes back around. Now I'm back in Sox Fest, and he comes in. He gets security to go get me out. The White Sox security this is, okay? And White Sox, you got to go. I'm like, you don't work for this particular hotel, the Palmer House. You can't tell me to do anything, okay? Palmer, they get the Palmer House security. Palmer House, like, I don't care. I can see the Palmer House, whatever. The guy's all right. He's not doing anything wrong. So I get into Sox Fest. Then the Sox security get real upset when I snuck in. You don't have a ticket. Get out. It was, so when they did that, the Palm Ross guys were like, you can't do that. And Reinsdorf the whole time was like, he got the White Sox security. And I watched him. They, Reinsdorf pointed me out. He's like, you got to get this guy out of here. And when they wouldn't let me do it, I was like waving at Reinsdorf. <laughs> Reinsdorf doesn't have, I mean, uh, Idris has none of this on tape. None of it. Yeah, I think none he told it. you. I think he told you. I just thought he didn't know that was the Sox owner. No, he didn't. I he just d- thought it was another old guy you were having a confrontation Yeah. With. And he, and then I was uh, like, that was, that would have been, that would have went viral. The coach, how I ripped his team this year, the, how it's been assembled. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what's your motto for the love of the game? And I, was like, so, I was like, go out there because we, we need people. To, what was your motto? I was, Sox fans were cracking. At first they were mad at me for ripping the owner and they convert to, to like, leave him alone. And then all of a sudden when I ripped this year's team, the true White Sox fans were just well, as, as mad as I was the, making fun of Reinsdorf. The saga of this year, man, is not over yet, or as the Carpenters would say, we've only just begun. Real quick, a couple of stories. David Olson, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue is appearing on newsstands uh, as we speak. It is, and Kate Upton is the this year's cover Quite, girl. And, and an interesting story behind her, right? Pardon the expression. I don't know. Well, I don't know either. That's why I said pardon the expression, but I believe something the effect that she is like, uh, she kind of, she made it on her own. It wasn't part of any modeling agency, kind of marketed herself. Okay. Again, I need to know more of the details, but there's a story behind it. It's kind of cool where she elevated to stardom and got not just one of the models, but on the cover. Which is immediate stardom right there, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And she totally came from the unknowns and marketed herself. She didn't come from the standard modeling agencies, et cetera. So it, Kate Upton is now a star related to that. You asked, is the Daytona 500 this week? And I believe that the answer is yes, and Kate Upton. Okay. Your Sports Illustrated front page model, awfully good, by the way, will be uh, doing the gentleman start your engines in more ways than one for the Daytona 500. Lady and gentlemen, start. Your engines. Yeah, and a couple of them will say, already did. Danica Patrick is uh, not happy. No, she's in there. So she's the lady. That the, It's not just gentlemen this year. So they got to make sure they have include the lady in the in the okay. introduction. Well, I was saying a cheap shot at Danica Patrick. There, not not happy because Kate Epton might be taking the attention away from her. There's never Again, been two women in a in a on a race before, have there? They've never been able to say ladies and gentlemen. They never been able to say quick that. auto racing trivia, which uh-huh. I know very little of, but this one I know first I won't famous know first famous female. 
Race car driver. Uh, I, 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 when you tell me the name, I'll totally remember, and I, I don't know who it is. I'm going to throw a Janet Guthrie out of it. I knew that name. I knew yeah. that name. There you go. I should have got that right. Mm-hmm. She was uh, she was the first. She never led at the Indianapolis, but she was the first person to ever race at the Indianapolis 500. She even raced a pink car to really put it in the face of the boys, didn't she? Danica Patrick would not do that. No, no, she wouldn't. She has yeah. to be one of the tough guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Big Dog, great to have you in the studio, my friend. That is outstanding. We hope to get you back in the not-too-distant. I will be back many times before March 1st, Coach. Beautiful. Of course, we'll go over sports and more tomorrow on the show at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. A lot of college basketball roundup. The Knicks are playing again tonight. Will we have another round of Lynn's Sanity? We will see, but they are playing. It's not on TV, though. I will be uh, Lynn my house, <laughs> and I won't be Lynn decisive. I know what I'll be watching tonight. So Beautiful. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Big Dog and the Coach on the Two Guys in a Mike Show, TalkZone.com. Have a great day out there, everybody.